I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Box Set Pod. Uh, this week brought to you by another podcast. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the Epiphany of Theodosius Pennington, the greatest comedy never released. Uh, this is next up in my personal... <laughs> Stop laughing. Personal Ugh. promotion of myself. Um, Ridiculous. Jamie, I expect you to put a little link to it on there, please. I'm surprised you haven't. I'm surprised you haven't sort of promoted your rabbit hotel. That's going to be next on the That'll list. That'll be next. Tell me this, Jamie. That, is, it, is it true or not that that... Um, me making a comedy ten years ago that never yeah. got off the ground. We never even took it off my hard drive. Yeah. Me making that comedy has brought us half the guests we've had on this podcast over the last year. I cannot deny that that is a true <laughs> exactly. fact. So I think we owe it to that story, uh, the epiphany of Theodosius Pennington, to give it some promotion. Click on it, uh, see what you think. Me and the guy who wrote it, Russell introduce it I love it I genuinely think it's brilliant a brilliant story and it's just a and the guy Russell is, is Russell Gomer who we've had on the podcast from Stella from Stella also starring Simon Armstrong from Game of Thrones um, and Ian Cunningham a, a, a bloody genius so have a click have a listen uh, really want to know what you think especially if you like sci-fi ripping yarns or adventure stories right and comedy quite ridiculous complicated comedy it's very complicated uh, click at it anyway welcome to this episode um we were going to be talking to it seems like we apologize for muppet man um andrew james spooner pretty much every week well, this week he was going to be here talking about Boardwalk Empire, but again, his Muppet skills have been called into Ooh. action, and he sent me a very apologetic email, Aww. so, you know, you got to go where the man pays you. So, yeah. he had to go and um, do some puppeteering uh, tonight, so he couldn't talk to us. Um, but Muppet's got to do what a Muppet's got to do. Exactly. We've got lots to talk about instead of uh, this podcast. We're going to be getting an update from various people. We're going to be talking about The Bridge. Um, and welcome back, work experience boy, Jack. Happy New Year, belated. Happy New Year to you too. We yeah. thought, uh, like all our work experiences boy, <laughs> boys before, yeah. that you ditched us after realising... <laughs> How disappointing it was to spend time with us. <laughs> yeah, I thought it disappeared completely. No, I, think, I think I need you more than you need me, so I'm sticking about, don't worry. As long as we... <laughs> Marsha's here as well. <laughs> Marsha! Welcome uh, to the yeah. podcast. Can you, can, you, can you hear me okay? Yeah, okay. you're doing a little spinny thing on my screen. Oh, you've got your bloody screen on again, I can see you. Oh. <laughs> Should I switch it off? No, I'll watch you. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It seems weird that you can't see us, but we can see you. But Almost unfair. Certainly voyeuristic. I'm going to imagine you're all naked and... Okay. But Touch it stop, stop that. <laughs> um, Once you've seen my picture, Ops. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Live from Toronto. Yes. And that is a lovely big fat 
microphone you've got in front of you there. It's quite phallic, isn't it? Yeah. What is it, Marsha? <laughs> it's called a Blue Yeti. Oh, oh, I've heard of them. Yeah, special podcasting mic, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. Super easy to use. USB. Well, right. ours, is, ours is, is that as well, but we've got kind of better microphones and, and stuff. But <laughs> No, but you do sound good, actually. It sounds great. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so, how's Canada? I was there not long ago. Yes, I know. How was it? We're, we're so, so. I mean, you were close in Canadian terms, but you were like miles away in any yeah. other realistic so terms. You're in Toronto. I'm no. sorry that it wasn't cold. It was cold. It was bloody freezing. It was. Oh, okay. Yeah, Montreal was really cold. We had minus thirty the day that I left. <laughs> okay. Mostly right. it was minus sort of sixteen, something like that. Lots of snow. I started drinking whiskey for the first time in my life because it's made sense. <laughs> Sit at the hotel bar, have a whiskey. And it was just brilliant. It was, I, I love it. Canada's great. Aww. I mean, it is the, it is the yogurt weaving place that I imagined it was, but it was a lot more American than I thought it would be in some ways. And certainly more French. Every bloody hell does everyone speak French. Montreal. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're not kidding around, are they? They are not. It's what they speak. And uh, that's it. Let's talk about box sets. So Jack's here as usual. Uh, Marsha's here. Um, and uh, the whole family's back together. Marsha, are you still watching <coughs> West Wing? Okay. Oh. So, <laughs> all right, we'll come back to that. Jack, last week we were talking about making a murderer. Marsha, Jack, have you seen Making a Murderer? Marsha, I have. I have a lot to say about this. Okay, uh, and whoa. Jack. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Finished. Boxed off. Boxed off. Interesting and... point about making a murderer and Canadians. I think they sound like the Canadian. They've got a very Canadian mm. twang to them. Yeah, the people of, of Manitowoc. Well, isn't it? Isn't it up there? Isn't it? One it's, of those states It's Wisconsin, so, uh, yeah, I think it is. Uh, I'll Google it while Jack tells us what he thought of making a murderer. Um, I thought that Ken Kratz, the state lawyer, is a <laughs> fat little bearded turd. Okay. <laughs> All right. I think, is that... Well, Marshall, where do we stand legally on Jack's statement just now? Oh, uh, I don't know. We're all right because he's in a different country. I think yeah. we're fine. I think, I think fine. Also, Jack's not saying he's actually made of poo. <laughs> no, no, he's not. No, Jack said in my opinion, didn't he? I mean, yeah, he said, I, did, I yeah. think. So, <laughs> wow. Wow. No, yeah. I, I, the problem that I have with stuff like this, and it was a, a little bit the same in the drinks, but not as much, is I really liked both the lawyers, the Stephen Avery's lawyers, the defence lawyers. Um and you sort of build a bit of a relationship towards them. And then you realize at the end of it, you know, someone's actually been murdered. And it's not a, I'm so used to watching made up stuff, fiction mm. stuff. You forget that it's actually real life. Well, um, we did, but did you listen to last week's podcast, Jack? Yeah, I have listened to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, that was Marsha. I haven't yet. No, I'm so sure. sorry. Um, <laughs> last week we discussed that very ethical issue, Jack. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think it is. Uh, tricky perhaps but hey forget it let's just let's just enjoy justice being served in a very biased biased way um before we go back to marshall's in toronto i just want to confirm that um wisconsin is in fact on exactly the same level on the google maps as toronto there you go yeah jamie good good observation the social geography that affects the voice which it does has probably made those people 
sound like Canadians. Marsha, tell us um, what you think. Also the same level as Bordeaux, interestingly, which Bordeaux is why it's so hot. Bordeaux in Some... France? Yeah. No, it isn't. Yeah, 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 we're, we're super, isn't it? <laughs> I haven't got the map in front of me. Uh, what? Like we're How at the same level as south of France, and that's why it gets so hot here. Really? Yeah. And so it's just that, it's, like, you in the UK have the Gulf Stream, and that's why you don't get the extreme temperatures. That's right. That you have here in North America. Yeah, you're right, it is, isn't it? Oh, yeah. my God. See? Well, yeah. that's all we've got time for tonight. <laughs> oh. This podcast brought to you by Geography Canada, um, <laughs> which is probably a, an organisation state-funded. <laughs> Marsha. Um, <laughs> Making a murderer. murderer. Let's not spoil the ending. No, 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 no spoilers. We, we know okay, that it's so about a man, in prison, to, a man who I, is accused of something. Yes. There's something that I have to say about Making a Murderer that is actually a similar thing that I have to say about um, West Wing, which is, I watch TV in two different kinds of ways, box set. I either watch them with a TV buddy or I watch stuff by myself a lot. And Making a Murderer, I went to watch by myself because my TV buddy had already seen it. And I watched, and I love documentaries. I'm a huge nerd about documentaries. But first of all, I got anxiety dreams every night because I'd watch it before (laughs) bed and they'd just have horrible dreams all night. And then after the third hour... I thought, I I now have watched enough of this documentary to have an understanding, and this is like, you, you find this out in the first basically five minutes, that the justice system in the US and probably everywhere is um, not to be trusted often. And I kind of already knew that, but now I have this good inherent understanding. And I felt like, do I actually need to watch another seven hours of this? Like, do I need to make myself miserable for seven more hours? Cause it looks like I know where this is going, but I also wanted to find out what happened. So what I did, I have a lot of Facebook friends, um, most of whom I don't know, but it's very good for hive mind. So I went on Facebook and I said, spoiler request. Um, <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to watch the next seven hours. Can you just tell me blow by blow what happened? And actually what people said in that thread, and I won't give anything away, but made me more inclined to want to go back and watch it. You did um, I what? Think, because at the beginning, <laughs> you, you did sort of, because what? You, <laughs> it's because I thought, I don't, there's like... You so went much. on social media <laughs> and said, could everyone ruin the end of this thing for me, please? Well, it's because, as you discussed, there's so much good TV that I could be watching, and I felt like I wanted to spend seven hours. So it's so good that it wants. It's so good that you want to know how it ends. You're, you're breaking. You're breaking so many rules right now. <laughs> you should be in prison with Stephen Avery. What? Okay, two other options from what you did. Okay. Yeah. Because I think you were just doing it to be cool and controversial. <laughs> two other options. Go, to say number one, problem. just turn it off and don't watch it if you don't like it. No, That's option one. Oh, you wanted to know what happened, so it was good enough to make you want to watch the damn thing. No, I wanted someone so to watch the last episode. Watch the last one. Yeah, but if you want to ruin it. What happened? There was already so many twists and turns in the first three that I wanted to know what happened in there. You're a fucking lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was interesting this, because how can it what? be interest? How can it be so intriguing? Right, you want to know what happens, but you. But it's that level of interest isn't enough to just fast forward to the end. It's, you, you, you want other understand. people to tell you in bullet points. It sounds to... like so much effort. <laughs> you have to understand how, A, 
how curious I am and B, how little time I am. Like if I walk into a conversation and you say to Jamie, no, downstairs, I'll be like, what's downstairs? Who? Why is she going? Like I need to know everything about everything. But also I just don't have a lot of time and I want to watch some TV that isn't going to give me bad dreams every single night. And so I thought if people just tell me what happens, it's not good. They're not going to tell me in real time everything that happens in the show. And so, but, but what was so interesting was what people said. And I, what I did was I made everyone start every comment. It's very explicit about how many spoilers there were going to be. And everyone had to start each comment writing spoiler in all caps so that if someone accidentally read it, they wouldn't read any spoilers. And what people said made me want to watch the rest of it because I think from the first three episodes, it looked like it was very clear how this was going to go. Okay. And basically There's what everyone said was option. like... There's yeah. a third option. What's that? Watching the end, not watching it. You've just summed up what this podcast is for. And this time last week, we did a bloody podcast about why you should watch Making a Murderer. So so all you've done is taken this podcast, set it up yourself, but in a, in a rubbish written form. I'm defecting. Yeah. I'm my Every, so you're doing a blog called the, called the Box Set Blog, are you? Everything that you did... You could have just listened to a 40-minute podcast that you've been on and that you like and that you try and support, and instead you spent all your time starting up your own little world of could, podcasty fun you with could, Facebook You could people. even have listened to it and then promoted it to all those bloody people and said, hey, if anyone else wants to know what happens, listen well, to this, it's full of spoilers. You, you've, you've just made us irrelevant. We you. did a spoiler special of making a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, I think I did wow. it before you did the podcast, but I will now. Oh, here is my commitment. I am going to go back. Oh, it's too late for that. Just, it's... No, I'm going to post it on my Facebook. I have like 3,000 and something friends on Facebook. I'm going to post to them oh. that they have to listen. All right. If you've got 3,000 friends, that's fine. I'll take it all back. But, <laughs> but even so, the, the other option would be next time you're in. I mean, the only reason really, surely, to know the end is so that you're armed in conversation so that you can talk about it with people because no, everyone's talking about it's it because i'm so curious and i just wanted to i'm know. holding something in my but hand. i'm curious i'm curious like i will watch dreadful films and tv to the end because i want to know or i won't watch them but i'll get someone to tell me what happens tell me what i look like and how i'm how i how i am either standing sitting lying right now I can't because you're can't curious oh yeah, yeah yeah really figure it out yeah, figure it out from the way that i sound what am i doing yeah, that's not curiosity. That's I'm going to reveal it. I'm going to turn <laughs> my camera. Okay. You're in the bath. I think you're lying. I think you're lying down on one elbow. Jack, what <laughs> do you think? Coquettishly on your hip. <laughs> I think you're in the bath naked, but there's no water in it. You're having a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you. I'll show you what I am. Okay. I'm going to turn my screen okay. on now. I'll, I'll narrate. I'll okay. narrate. It's actually the happening. Spinning thing is going oh, on. You're you're lying down. You're in bed. <laughs> I was right. Just none of the coquettishness. I'm so. And this is my microphone. How oh. old? Yep. We need to uh, give Adam a uh, get Adam on now. He's okay. Ready for Sky right, we'll get Adam on. He's missed a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm in bed because it's so cold that I've just climbed oh. into bed while I'm recording this. I'm going to turn me off now because I don't like looking at myself. Unlike Marsha, who <laughs> loves the sight of her own writing on a bloody <laughs> message board about spoilers. Um, okay. 
what was your uh, point about the West Wing then? Same thing, that you, you asked people to tell you what happened. No, 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 no. Okay, so with the West Wing, when I was last on, I'd watched one episode, I wasn't sure, and you guys convinced me to watch it for two reasons. One, because Matt said he'd watched every episode at least three times, and many of them more. And the other, because you, Hal, said that the, the box set pod rule of you have to watch four episodes before you give up came from the West Wing. So yes, I watched... Five episodes of The West Wing. And again, I was watching this by myself. And do you know what I realized? I feel like this actually will be interesting to you. So we've, we've talked before about my favorite TV show of all time, The Return. Welcome on. Adam to the podcast. Oh. Hi, Adam. Hello. Hello. Hi. Adam. Um, How are you doing? Marsha is in the middle of a fascinating story about experiencing The West Wing, okay? All right. Crack on then, Marsha. Oh. Okay. All right. So I, so I committed to watching more of The West Wing... Um, after being on the box set pods and being on the jury and everyone convincing me. I understand that The West Wing is amazing and is really well written, but... Oh, so I was talking about The Return. The Return is my favourite TV show. Hal, you laugh at me for it because it's so slow. You think it's the slowest show in the world. <laughs> I have a little bit of admittedly self-diagnosed attention deficit disorder. Like, I'm constantly... I'm not really allowed to use the cooker because I've destroyed so many pans by just leaving them on to boil until the smoke alarm goes off. And... I find watching The West Wing quite stressful because you it's just constant conversation. There's no gaps. And so you have to just be, like, paying attention the whole time. Mm. And I think if I was watching it with a TV buddy where I could periodically pause and be like, okay, what's happening? Um, but actually, because it's my, like, solo relaxation time, I find it very stressful. And that's the time where I want to just relax and, like, have a lovely TV time. And so... After five episodes, I thought, I'm not writing it off forever, <laughs> and maybe when I break my leg, but I just felt like I'm not in, like it's, for me, it wasn't, I wasn't having an enjoyable time. It was like satisfying and meaningful, but it wasn't enjoyable. Um, and then I turned to Making a Murderer, which as we've discussed, I also found not enjoyable. And so I instead turned to one of the least challenging TV shows I've ever seen, which I'm loving, which is About a Boy. <laughs> oh, oh has, has anybody which, watched About a Boy? No, I had no. heard that they'd made it into a uh, TV series, but I, I didn't never yeah. seen any of it. It's, All right, I want to check in with Adam. Adam, have you Adam. watched? Because uh, because Adam was on last week on the podcast that Marsha really should have listened to. Um, uh, Adam, have you? Did you start making a murderer? I, I actually didn't. Okay, great, great. So, yeah. so <laughs> even even Adam, who was on the damn podcast, recommending it. Didn't bloody watch it. All I can say uh, is thank God for Jack, who has actually watched the whole thing. But but he probably... Oh, no, and he did listen last week. Oh, yeah, I Jack. did, yeah. I was going to say, the problem was last week as well. I listened back to last week's show, and then obviously I had to stop listening at the point where I Left. had to leave the actual show. So mm. I don't know if you got back in touch with Matt. We you did. know, there yes. are a number of resolved cliffhangers for me that I'll never be able to listen to until I actually watch the show. Yeah, but exactly. I, to a degree, I don't know how much unnecessary spoiler savoring you were doing for me. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I think you might have gone over the top a little bit because if it was the fact that he's... Oh, Adam, oh, you have wandered in here like a... <laughs> with a shotgun. <laughs> you join us after I've just cut out a massive piece of the podcast where Adam ruined everything for everybody, but by accident. 
Uh, and it's a shame because you missed some very good insults towards Adam. Um, but it's his own fault. It's his own fault that both he ruined it, he's made me do some editing, and he's made you miss the insults that were caused by him. So, Adam, hey. you haven't started making a murderer. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> I recommend I you I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam, send him my Facebook thread. But of course, Adam has watched West Wing, the whole thing. No, I haven't. What the hecking <laughs> what? Nope, never watched an episode of it. This is oh. the podcast about people who haven't watched any box sets. Uh, it, it is at the top of my should get round to watching list. Uh, right, Jamie. Jamie. Marsha's, mm-hmm. So Marsha's stuck at five episodes. She's blaming this on some self-diagnosis of attention deficit. Surely if you've got attention deficit, it should please you because it's got so much shit in it. Are you saying you want to be multitasking elsewhere, Marsha? No, it's more that I just can't really hang on to anything. Like, I think mm. I need... Maybe it's not attention deficit, maybe well, it's like an introverted tendency, but I need that blank space to be, to like process what's happening, and that's why I love Le Revenant. Lots of blank We said space. this last time, maybe you know you're working noticed, too hard. Sorry. I was just going to say, you know what I noticed has come on Netflix recently that sounds like it will appeal to Marsha? Yeah. Just... Ooh. Just blank firewood burn. Yeah. <laughs> you can now on Netflix just stream like a log fire. Yeah, you and can. there's about three different versions of it. And that sounds like what that's what you're getting from from the returned. It's perfect. I just can just see a like pretty thing. Hyper pogo sticking around the room with the fire burning well, on the TV. <laughs> in Furnace to Marsha, in Furnace to Marsha, she's passed the four episode rule. And from thenceforth we can no longer pass judgment on Marsha's mm. ability to decide whether she should watch the show. Yeah, I but I think I, th- I think we can, though, can't we? Because there really are some series that... I mean, I really think West Wing changes every series, and actually, Marsha, yeah. it slows down. And, and I, think the prob- I think the problem, Marsha, is with someone like you, the idea of you missing parts of the plot to you probably really bothers you probably really great to you when you're missing moments and you don't understand yeah. some of the bits yeah. whereas someone like me or other people me. can can brush over the fact that they're not understanding the intricacies <laughs> just try and get the general gist and follow it through but if you feel like you're getting in and out of the details and someone like you that might be very difficult as an experience to go through and that is the west wing experience I have to also add that I'm not, I don't feel neutrally about American politics, even quote unquote left wing politics as they claim to have. Um, And so there is also the bit of me that's like just kind of has a certain amount of like, uh, anyway, plus I find the music totally insufferable. Like I see that the script is amazing. I see the acting is amazing, but the music like continues, makes me want to throw something through. But this is what I said to Jamie. And do you know what? I I might have to bring into question the whole four episode rule because I cannot claim that it was, I I can't say, I couldn't say in a, in in the good wife's court that, that it was four episodes before I started enjoying the West wing. All I know is that when I tell that story, I always talk about the music really pissing me off. Mm. And then I began to just love it. It, it it really is about skipping some beats, Marsha. It's about going. I do not need to follow the whole thing. I just okay. want the I want the good guys to win. Well, I now I've been traumatized by making a murderer, and I didn't get that experience mm. in the West Wing. Maybe I'll go back to it. I maybe. really think you should carry on, and I, and I do okay. I do think that West Wing is one of those uh, that really matures. It changes gradually, gradually, but certainly the last two seasons 
are very different in style and pace and everything and it really brings us up to modern day quite nicely yeah and i think the problem with i think there is a problem with the four episode rule in that like you, you need that one episode like there's always one episode in a show that almost explains it and you get it like mm. like with mad men it's the uh, it might be like the carousel episode the end of season mm. one uh, not not for jack but for other <laughs> people not. <laughs> you know there's an episode that it get it, suddenly the show makes sense and like maybe in the first four episodes of west wing you don't get that episode that you need to really persuade you around do you know another thing though with the West Wing is it's intimidating that there's seven series because there's so much good TV and there's so you know and I haven't seen Mad Men and I haven't seen Breaking Bad and so I haven't seen The Sopranos. There's so much other stuff that I want to watch that I'm like, well, if I'm not loving it and I did five episodes and I passed the four episode rule that was made, you know. I think we're gonna have to change the rule, folks. I think it needs to now be called the min- minimum four episode rule, <laughs> which <laughs> which allows some scope for change for example you're, uh, you're cutting off the one solid thing this podcast i know had. i know i know, <laughs> I know. You uh, said, there's that page on the website which is box said rules and there's one there's still one there adam. <laughs> internet department Just, adam you can now add another rule and the next rule is the four episode rule may be more than four in the case of some series certainly jack needs to make a crack on of mad men and carry on with that I feel like a bit like what Marsha said. I feel as though I need to do some serious damage to a ligament, which renders me <laughs> not being able to move from my TV screen maybe to be able to watch it. Holiday together. We know people, Jack. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's a service. Maybe that's a service that the box set should, should offer. Yeah, like we should idea. go around hobbling people. So we can stay we, we um, hobble you, and we give you about five different box sets to watch. It could be like. <laughs> No excuses for calling in and not having seen them next time. <laughs> and if you haven't watched Misery, you won't understand uh, the reference of hobbling you, but it really is superb. So, you can watch it when you're hobbled. Let's, um, let's move on. Uh, also, I can just make a point about something Marsha just said about, like, you know when you, you, you look, see a series and it's got, like, five series or six series mm. and it feels quite intimidating. I always quite like, I like... I like it when there's a big chunk of stuff to watch. I like it when you, you know, because you don't have to watch it all in one go. You can sort of, you know, you know that for the next four months you've got something that, you know, if you get into, is going to be there every day. You can watch it and you can binge it a couple of weekends. But I like having like six seasons to, to sort of churn Which through. Which brings me on to The Good Wife. Marsha, yeah. um, do you watch The Good Wife? I haven't seen it ever, but Adam. I have friends who love it as well as you guys. Adam, you watch it, don't you? I have, yes, yeah. Just finished season six. Ironically, oh. it's now just on Netflix after I actually went and bought it on DVD. <laughs> do you know what? Bought I, physical I'm media. Gonna, I'm going to make an admission now. I bought it on iTunes the day after it was on Netflix. <laughs> and I and I got a refund from iTunes saying I bought it by accident. <gasps> I've admitted it. You did <sighs> Don't track me down. But but seriously, I bought an Apple TV in order to get the iTunes. So I figure, you know, they've got the commission already. Um, yeah, they're doing all right. So season six of The Good Wife. Um, 
I will say this. Everyone told me to stick with it. Everyone said, keep going. And there's been a lot of shit to hack through. I have been hacking through shit. And particularly, like, who do I give a shit about it? If Marsha's struggling to be empathetic with the Democratic Party when she's a lefty, imagine her watching The Good Wife and trying to say, trying to feel empathy for essentially a lawyer who tells murderers how to get off and things like that. And then we're supposed to empathise with her because we understand understand that it's all about the race to the finish and then um so well, you really started to me. like it how you must you know you had ah, that uh, yeah, yeah. explosive there was, the, there was an exp- i had an explosion i enjoyed it <laughs> and then season six came along everything i've said about that was wrong with the good wife they fixed bizarrely in season six so you know whenever they did like a little promotional video on there they'd show like court case promotional videos that people are discussing in a, in a lawsuit or whatever mm. they'd always be awful like really shit quality like they'd been made by Jack or something it was awful <laughs> right <laughs> well then it, uh, season 6 it suddenly become really really well shot really well written well directed the act is good the themes are deeper The everyth- everything is uh, don't you agree, Adam? It's, it's suddenly yeah. changed. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the first um, the first half of season six is the first time that it's really given focus to a long, on-running plot. Yeah, focusing on these characters that you've built up with. Like the first season, it's just I think as we said before, it was like watching ER or something like that. Yes. Familiar characters, some you sympathise with, some are rubbish. And then it has to be sort of 50 minutes of plot room, episodic plot room drama with characters that come in and out. And some of them are nice little cameos, but it's all a bit lightweight. And then the first two and the last two minutes of each episode, it's like, all right, here's the progression between these characters who are going to string each episode together. And it's about three seasons of that, just watchable, nice, Mm. undemanding, occasionally a bit cheap, sometimes quite funny, whatever, kind of just just watchable TV drama, not bingy, not box setty at all. And then, as we've discussed, sort of in season four, there's this big, there's the explosion that made your pants take notice or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then you're engrossed. Then you realise that actually you've started to buy into these characters that have not really been fully explored, but have been around the edges of, of each episode. Mm. And then you begin to care for some of them. And then, yeah, season six, the, the first, uh, whatever, sort of 12 episodes of it, is all one big arc around one of these characters. Mm. So bringing you, so in relationships with them. You're saying you agree then, yeah? Sorry, what I meant to say when you go back and edit it is... <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, good answer. And even the character that annoys me more than any character I've ever seen in the world doesn't annoy me in this series. And I know that that character is about to be binned off. Um, so everybody wins in that situation. I get to you like her and I get rid of her. Um, not that far. Don't spoil this now. Jeez, you've already done one catastrophic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Good, good. So that's The Good Wife, enjoying it thoroughly. And um, we are going to talk briefly about uh, an actual box set tonight in the court. So let's have a show of hands. Who has watched The Bridge? I have. I have. Jack, Jamie and Adam. Yeah, oh yeah, we've got a majority yeah. of people have actually watched something. Oh, Jesus right. Christ! Jack, have you watched the bridge, Jack? Yeah, I have. It was enjoyable, but a slog. <laughs> Adam, try not to ruin this for me, okay? <laughs> okay. If you okay. not, I've watched episode one of the bridge a while ago. I think episode two as well, 
and okay. and I didn't do the four episode rule. So oh. persuade me. I do you know what it is? I I agree with Alfred Hitchcock. Who done it's are boring because you're just waiting. To, the, the question is just answered at the end, and everything else along the way is just procedural, and it just bored me a bit. I've I've never seen it, and my issue is uh, it, I just I know nothing about it, but it just seems a bit murdery. I'm not super into the murdery <laughs> ones, but I know that Christian Talbot, who's on this podcast, sometimes loves it. Oh well, yeah. he should come on, shouldn't he? Should've done. Here we go. Here we go. Slacker. Um, so Jamie, tell me about the the bridge. Well, I mean, let, first of all, how as ever, you should be the one to tell us. Are you what... making your tea again? Yep. Jesus Christ. I knew you'd gone quiet and everything got noisy in the background. Can you not wait till half past? Well, I've got to start I've got to start it now and it'll be ready by half past. What's your dream. wife doing, Jamie? She's just been to the gym, so uh, you know, she did the shower. That wasn't sorry, just, That wasn't sexist. There's two of them in the house. Why can't she bloody do it? She's not at just, work. Just, Holding the laundry. You let her go context. to the gym. <laughs> just to give some context and, and out of solidarity, I actually am doing the ironing while we speak as well. You sound oh. like you are. You sound very at peace, and it's a very zen task, the ironing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I listened back to sort of the disdain you had for me being your only guest last week, and I thought, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a level of respect. Who had disdain? Get some chores done. Who? Me? <laughs> you? Yeah. Oh no, the disdain wasn't at you. The disdain was at everyone else who ditched. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, if anything, I was I, I was thanking the Lord that you turned up, oh, even oh, if you damn. were the last choice. So, uh, Jamie, you were saying right. Back to that. No, with, with, when we do this, Harry, you've got to describe what is the bridge about. You've watched one episode. Oh, yeah. What's the bridge about? There is a bridge between two Scandinavian countries. One is Finland, one is Sweden. No, how old? One is Norway, <laughs> one is Finland. Right, it's Sweden and Denmark. How one is Dan- Denmark, one is Sweden. The bridge yeah. is a very big bridge. It's a very beautiful bridge in an architectural way. And a, a murdered body is found murdered right on the middle of the bridge which is uh, half of the body is in um sweden and half of the body is in denmark oh my god two cop forces are gonna have to work together on this one um that's it that's the setup you're absolutely right that is the setup to the bridge it was said in a rather mardy cynical way howell that i don't appreciate okay that was mardy that's exactly the word for hell's tone there you're right like a teenager yeah. bedroom oh uh, uh, dad wants me to watch uh, midsummer murders again <laughs> oh god oh, dad, dad used to be texting dad used to tell me to watch west wing and i never listened to him god i've become my father jamie why should i watch the stupid bridge because, Howell, <laughs> the bridge is the best, like, a Scandinavian, Scandi-noir, as it's been called, mm. Scandinavian depressing murdering stuff <laughs> has become very big over the last sort of five to six years. But the bridge, for me, and I've watched a lot of them, is the best. It's better than The Killing. It's better than... Um, other ones, etc. But the, the thing about the bridge is it, it's got some really strong characters, namely the central blonde detective who has Asperger's. Her name is Saga. Adam, tell them about Saga. 
try not to ruin uh, it. Oh, wow. Nice, nice segue. Yeah, I, I would agree with you saying I think this is actually better than The Killing. If you look at it yeah. over the, certainly the course of the three seasons, I think The Killing went went off a little bit towards the end there. Um, yeah, like you say, the, the sort of the central character who was... Um, yeah, is, is it Asperger's? They yeah. really sort of... Um, Asperger's. Play a sort of... Um, it's fascinating that that she could be. Uh, this sounds dismissive. That it, it's in no way important that this is a female-led character. This is mm. a hard-bitten cop wearing leather trousers, driving a sports car, having casual sex because they can't really get along with other people. Has a difficult relationship with the boss. Works ridiculous hours. Um, is you know absolutely determined to get justice while completely at the expense of her relationships with other colleagues. Um, and it is a really gripping character, really well sort of portrayed, sort of new, nuanced um, performance. Mm. And, and it's strange because it is, there is a degree of that police procedural that's in the first season. And then it grows out of that. Um, like anything, you know, I think you always need a, a narrative hook to, to start yeah. the story around and then you let the characters grow out of this and, and the narrative kind of takes, takes second place, as we're talking about with, with Good Wife. Um, I think it's just a, it's a stylish, sort of compelling, engrossing drama. And I'm not a sort of crime drama person in general. I do like all the, all the Scandi stuff. I love The Killing. I love Borgen. I'm all right with all that, that kind of stuff in general, but I'm not. I always have a, a, a kind of personal cutoff point where I go, if this wasn't subtitled and this was in English, would I still be watching it? Mm. it it's the Wallander test. <laughs> Tur- turns out I didn't like Wallander. I didn't watch Wallander when it was on ITV and I, I won't watch the Swedish ones because they're just police procedural stuff. This has something more. It just seems so um, miserable. What is it that you don't like I'll tell you what, actually, as, as a little gateway, Hal, I would suggest mm. this is actually one of the very few series that I've seen have an English remake, which is also good. Oh. It, the Tunnel, I think, is on Netflix, and that is the English-language version of this, oh. um, which is a sort of English-French mix-up with, with a body found in the Channel Tunnel. And it's... Is it Stephen Delane who's in Game of Thrones... Oh, um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's the, a, the, uh, yeah, Stannis Baratheon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's the sort of British cop, and there's, uh, I can't remember the name of the, the very sort of pretty blonde French cop who he has to team up with. But that is also a really slightly different to The Bridge. It's different enough that if you've watched The Bridge, you can still get some enjoyment from that. Adam's but, answers um, are so yeah. long, aren't they? <laughs> God, thought I talked forever. Jesus. You do. You do. Jack said, thank you, Adam. That was insightful. Adak said, what have I got against it? Um, I think it's my penchant for n- avoiding misery. Um it just seems like, do you know what? I, I watched the episode and I went, I know what's going to happen in this. This woman is going to be a tricky cop to get on with. She's going to be an interesting character. And ultimately, we're probably going to find out that people have to work together a little bit more. But also, we'll find out who done it. And there'll be some surprises along the way. Is is that wrong? Um, well, you're not absolutely wrong, but you can condense everything down very quickly to something as 
banal as what you've just done, Howell. You can say that, about, sound. You can say that about Megan yeah. the Murderer. Could you? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's like some stuff's going to happen and then we're going to find out some things. <laughs> Someone's going to think one thing. Somebody will think another thing. <laughs> Somebody be will be right. But, but your Wallander <laughs> test is essentially what I'm talking about and it's true in this case, isn't it? That it's like we just because it's filmed in a nice way and it's in Scandinavia doesn't mean we haven't seen it before. We've we have seen it before. Quite a lot of police procedurals with the, the angry cop. I mean it's essentially life on Mars but in Scandinavia. <laughs> no. Can I ask a question? Uh, yes, Marsha. Let's go to Marsha. Do you I feel like I need one of these two things. Do you fall in friend love with or fancy the main character? As it progresses. That's a really like... interesting... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say no. I'd, I'd say I <sighs> care about her. Like, I actually think that she's such a... Like, especially in season three, actually. Like, that's the thing. Like, her character gets more and more interesting. And you sort of worry about her because she's so... She's, you understand the way she reacts to sort of situations. And you know that... You kind of know her like... You know a friend who's difficult by the right. third series and you worry about how they're going to handle situations but so <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like it's like howl it's like <laughs> you know you just and, and so there's a strange feeling about her that i i really don't she's quite a, she's an attractive lady but i i just see her as this fascinating lady. individual who i want to succeed very okay. much even yeah. against all her nature why do you ask marcia because um, for me, that's really... I have to love my central characters. Um, mm. And so... Which maybe is another problem I had with Making a Murderer was that I found it hard to love a lot in the three episodes I watched. But I feel like generally I either have to fancy or love them. Like in Game of Thrones, everyone in that I either love or I want to boff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she isn't a character you ever really fancy going for a pint with. Right. No. It's got to be said, you never get that. And I think season one, actually, oh, without spoiling, um, the one of the two main characters very much does fulfil that. You just want to give him a cuddle, go and have a pint with him, hang yeah. out with him. And she's the counterpoint to that. Um, season two, they really play up her Asperger's-ness, mm. I think, a little bit too much. It got a little bit grating for me, if I'm honest, during season two. Mm. It's just every time anything happened, it just cut to her doing a funny little, just not compute face, mm. that they began to sort of uh, telegraph a little bit. But season three, you actually really find yourself empathising with her and thinking, mm. right, well, she's adapting to certain scenarios and she's trying to do things a certain way and you genuinely do kind of want to put a little bit of an arm around her and where do you place this jamie compared to bloodline um what what uh, just in terms of going in your spaceship yeah you know uh, how good is it because i'll I'll be honest with you i am right at this moment playing tetris really (laughs) wow wow Right, it's very, very good, Howell. It's very good. It is a bit miserable, but you've been watching The Walking Dead, which is misery personified, so I don't know why you can't try a little bit. All right, there's no zombies in it. but it, it, it Yeah, is... but The Walking Dead is genuinely original. I, I didn't start The Walking Dead and go, okay, I know that people are going to be killing zombies, but I didn't start The Walking Dead and go, I know how this is going to end. Yeah, I know, but... The thing is, like, the, we, the thing is, the, the journey that you go on mm. 
on the bridge is worth it, even if it's just a whodunit, even if you guessed every twist in it, which you won't do, actually, by the way. You won't. But... <laughs> no, of course but, not. You can't guess the twist. That's what annoys me about those things. Because you but, know that ultimately you're not going to find out who did the bloody murder, right? You're not going to find out who did the murder until No, the no, end. no. The bridge gives you a satisfying ending. But not necessarily a happy ending, but it gives you a satisfying ending. And it makes you want to see what's going to happen in the next series. I mean, like, I, I, I agree with Adam. The third series is the best one. So the question is this. Like, are, is it worth... You might not necessarily love it immediately, but you'll love it eventually. And that's and it might be that it's only by the the, second, the third season that you really love it. Also, let's Christ, deal with are we, the. Are we getting towards a three season rule now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you find really out? Do you find out who did the murder at the end of season one? Yes. Then everything up until that point is exactly as I expect. There's going to be twists, but I'm ultimately not going to find shit out until the episode that I know. So it's entirely predictable for me. And I go, what's the point? Whereas with, I'm watching Bloodline and I'm like, I'm absolutely hooked on Bloodline. Yeah, but how, that's like looking at a roller coaster and yes. going, right, I know that it's going to go upside down. It's going to take me around a couple of twists. And at the end of it, I feel mm. slightly exhilarated, but I'll be annoyed as well because I'll, it'll have been too short. That's what you've just done. And, and when you go on a roller coaster, it's darn brilliant. Absolutely, <laughs> wind in your face. For me, that is the only genre. That's the only genre that's a roller coaster. You name me another box set that you know what's going to happen at the last episode of season one. Name one. So, uh, are you saying that you're not interested in any crime drama? I'm not in. It's not that I don't think. I think that the bridge, if I invested in it, would probably yes be really, really good. I'm saying, I'm stood there and I'm going. There's so many other rides. I can't be arsed with the roller coaster. There's other shit to do. I'm going to go to the library instead because that's just more interesting to me. I have to admit, I've only watched season one, and the thought of watching season two at the moment, <laughs> part, partly because it's subtitled. And it's not one of them. I know you said before, like Dexter, you can put it on in the background and sort of mess about whilst you're watching it. Whereas with this, if you look away for a second, then, you know. That, that missed, is a disgusting noise. Who's making that noise? Is it you, Jake? What are you stirring, Jamie? <laughs> Chili con carne. God, <laughs> that was a disgusting noise. Was it? Yeah, it was just like... <laughs> You should try eating it. <laughs> My it. Um, I went to watch at the movie, and this is linked, at the movie house, the theatre, the cinema, the other day. I watched um, that bloody miserable film that everyone's raving about. Marsha, you'll love it. Room. Oh, room. Oh, I want to watch it so badly. I read the book. I loved it. Oh, God. God, I was so angry when I came out of that film. <laughs> Did you read the book? No. Why would I choose? And I said this to Sarah afterwards when she was saying how good it is, like everyone else in the bloody world. Like, why would anybody choose? Why do people choose to put by their bedside these novels where somebody has imagined, imagined, it's not real, Someone has imagined that a woman has been locked in a room in a garden, a soundproof room, where she has been raped every night. She's had a child as a result of that rape, who then has to hide in a closet and watch her getting raped every night. Why do you want to read that? Why do you choose to read that? Why do we... And everyone's sat in the cinema going, oh, God... 
I hope what? she gets out. You going? I chose to sit in this seat. Couldn't you say the same about Game of Thrones? But much more. I feel like Game of Thrones. It's the same, but British. Yes, yes. And I love no, and I agree. I agree completely. When like they with, with that, it's like an. It's you know. It's it's written in a context that isn't. It's not all gratuitous. But Game of Thrones is just gratuitous sexual abuse and gratuitous torture. But when there is gratuity beyond mm. measure in Game of Thrones, I don't. I think the same thing. When there's mm. a, someone stamping on someone else's head till their eyes pops out or something, yeah. I go, "Oh, for God's sake!" You know, I, I have enough of it, or, or like a you know a gladiator scene. <laughs> I have enough of that. Have I have enough of this. <laughs> Almost some escapism. I just think it's it's not escapism. Like the rest of it is escapism. It's just like when a, when a scene in a gladiatorial battle goes on for five minutes, great. When it goes on for like fifteen, and then they come back to it again later, I just go, somebody made this up. It's horrible, and yet everyone in the word world goes, this is a story about the mother's true love with a child. Okay, it's amazingly it's it's amazingly acted, well done. It's a nicely directed film. I'm sure the book was. The same. Why do we need this? I've 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 experienced hard things in my life. I don't need to go to the cinema and watch someone being tortured. Why do I want that? And it's not even real. So they don't know. It's bullshit psychology. That's what it is. It's like the it it is bullshit psychology because the person making it they've not been locked in a room. They can't say how a woman and a child will turn out if they are locked in a room forever. But maybe they had something similar. Apparently, the I haven't seen it, but Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, all I, all I know about it is that there is extreme sexual violence in it, but apparently the writer had either had some experience or was close to someone that did, and so that sort of seems to have some slight more so maybe value. Some, I don't know. Maybe it's a metaphor for something. But, something. but even yeah, so, maybe. it was another one of those things where it was like the cinema was full and so we've had this conversation so many times now about 12 Years a Slave and uh, what's the other one we were talking about recently that's similar? Uh, Revenant. Revenant. All of these massive, like, really difficult things. And I think that they're superbly made, but I think they serve the same psychological purpose as EastEnders for people, which is they're sitting watching something bleak as shit. And it is bleak as shit. Anyone who anyone who describes being nightly raped in front of your child as not bleak as shit is insane, right? So surely it's insane to want to go and watch. Anyway, so the bridge, right? Um, why? <laughs> why do I want to sit and watch a moody, miserable thing about a dead body when I know that I've got to wait till the last episode to find out? But I feel a bit like that about making a murderer and you dissed me. I was like, why do I want to spend seven more hours well, have you being watched utterly the, have, miserable? Have you watched The Jinx? Yeah. That right. I, that, yeah, I mean, but that I watched yeah. with other people and I watched in real time when all the stuff was happening in real life. Yeah, but even so, happy ending. So <laughs> it's not really. I'm, I'm not spoiling anything there. Don't so worry. That's a good point. How yeah. did you, why did you, why did you like making a murderer? Hmm. <laughs> Um, I no, I, I I found the trial stuff interesting. Things changed as we went along, and I didn't know how it was going to end. I suspected, but I didn't know, and that's that's different. That's you different. probably didn't know our room was going to end from a procedural. Um, no, but I knew they'd either escape or they wouldn't. So it was. <laughs> it was. 
it was one of two options. <laughs> but it, no, I'm not talking about the ending with that. With that one, it was more like um, the same as I felt when, when I went to watch Everest. Like, I blamed myself for going and going, what a horribly sad story. An amazing film, but horribly sad. But at least with Everest, it was true. It was it was real, and it's doing justice to... Oh, I don't know. I'm just going to be ripped apart by everyone who listens to this. Doesn't, doesn't it matter that the bridge is interesting? It has bits like the making the, making the murder, has interesting journeys to go on, is fascinating to follow the story that you will, don't have to come out of every episode. On, you, don't, you won't come out unsatisfied by each episode because it's not told you who's done it yet. That there's, there, is a, there is something in it that's actually you will quite enjoy. Yeah, I mean, let's say that that kind of idea of, well, you know where this is going and this is going to for a resolution of, of a crime. Mm. You know, you could make an argument, again, spoiler-free about something like House of Cards, where when you know something about that character, that character's level of ambition, you think, well, there's a way that they're going to take this mm. and it's where it gets in season three. That doesn't there's stop you if. enjoying... There's still an if. It doesn't start. There, uh, a, there is an if... There is an if, and it might be that actually if there's not a 100% conclusion to a, to a crime at the end of a crime thing, you know, the number of flipping uh, crime scenes where it's like, oh, somebody did this, and then there's a... Like, like, Dexter was full of that. Oh, but is somebody get away? Has he... Yeah, but that's thing? different from a whodunit. A whodunit is, is it, it shows you the end first. It goes... A whodunit is totally different from that because it goes, there is a dead body... Let's well, find out. It's like we've lost a purse. Let's find out whose purse it is. For me, that's boring as shit. <laughs> and Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock agrees with me. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. I heard he. I heard you said it first, and he just has been sort of copying yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what he's like. There's a point where yeah, a who done it beginning is is a pretty well worn kind of kind of device. But like you say, there's it's how these characters get through the process and, and then actually how that goes beyond the process and into a much wider thing you know it's tv drama now exists in a world so it creates worlds that are wider than the case you okay. know if you want to be good drama you have to do that yeah yeah, know, yeah of any, course any and and three points that, number one mm-hmm. i i am sure i haven't heard one person say a bad thing about the bridge right so i am absolutely certain that it's superb number two that said, Jack can't be asked going into season two. But then we all know Jack's an absolute philistine who won't carry on with Mad Men. So who gives a shit what Jack thinks? And third, no, no, point, that's purposely based on the fact that it's uh, got the subtitles and it's you loser. You're actually one of those people who won't watch subtitles. What's and I wrong have to with say, you? I wouldn't have started it if I'd have known it was in subtitles to start off with. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be made by like the BBC or something. I started watching and thought. Jesus and this Christ. guy's at university. <laughs> this is who they're letting into university now, the bloody Tories. You know, anyone can just pay their way in. Jesus. My third point was, I think overall all I'm saying is, it just doesn't feel to me, which is why I was playing te- Tetris, it doesn't feel to me like it's just going to compete with with the, with the top. With I, is anyone here putting it in the top five? Seven top seven, uh, yeah. Oh, it's it's close to Mad Men. Personally, close to Mad Men. I'm trying not to take. Uh, you know, this is not a like a reviewer stance. This is a personal enjoyment thing. Tetris is off. <laughs> I'm saying 
I'm saying, yeah, in terms of just enjoyment, it is one of those shows where you genuinely, you see yourself looking at the clock going, well, have we got time for another one? Jamie's Once looking at the clock right this very moment as well, aren't you, Jamie? Well, I'm about to have my chili con carne, yep. but let me just say this to you, Howell. Right? You yeah. loved 24, didn't you? Yeah, I wouldn't say I loved it. I, I enjoyed it. Oh, you it. loved it, Howell. And yeah, you, hang on, you gave that seven 20... seasons of your life. Yeah. I celebrated unemployment Howell. with it. And <laughs> is 24 the premise every season, you know, that Keith Sutherland is going to save the world at some point at the at last episode of the series. Is that not the case? Yeah, and I'll be honest, that that's I, I did kind of not pay attention to a lot of episodes in the middle. I wouldn't put 24 in my top 10 box sets. I wouldn't. You might, you, you've got to give it a go. Where right? is it in your list, Jamie? That's what I want to know. It's in the top 10. It's in the top 10. Where? Somewhere in there. Write it's it probably down. Probably around. And, and right. To put Come up with a number right now. now. Nine. If at number nine. See, see, no one's even committing. Marsh, are you going to watch it? No. I think I might. Are you hell? I feel like so many people have been going on about it. I think yeah. you'll like it, Marsh. There is some violence yeah. in it, and I know you're not fond yeah. of that. But well, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not even that. It's more like just needless, needless, random murdering. But um, but no, I think I like it. Also, my uncle has Asperger's, so I have like a deep fondness. Like in Community, um, I I love Arbid the most. Yes, yeah. And um, so I have a deep fondness for people who have Asperger's, <laughs> and and I think it sounds good. Like I I feel like I'm I'm into it. Well, but that's not a reason to watch something, just because you know someone with Asperger's. <laughs> what, what is a good no, reason because... to watch something? <laughs> well, if you know a black person and there's a black star in it, obviously, by this standard. I feel like lots of people have talked about how amazing it is. Um, Do you know why I think you'll like it, Marsha? I think you what? should watch it, because I think it's got a lot of spaces, a lot of thinking time. Mm-hmm. Whenever they show a shot of that bloody bridge, which will last a good 30 seconds, yeah. you can think about doing the washing up, which pans <laughs> you've left on, stuff like that. So it's got that space you're yearning for. But wow. don't, don't give up can, on the can West Can you go back out and mute, and mute that out, Pal? What's that? Which that bit? Just, <laughs> that, that part where you assumed that Marsha would just be thinking about washing up and cooking. I think you missed... <laughs> did, didn't that, no, she she referenced that earlier, Adam. Yeah. That's you. Uh, oh, oh, he knows. It's an AD people. Um, Marsha, yeah. you've written a book. Yay! Whoa. She wanted us to mention she's written a book. We've done it. We'll see you next week. Um, what's what's the book? What's the it came out just before Christmas. It's called Off the Mic, the world's best stand-up comedians get serious about comedy. It's nothing to do with box sets. Um, but you, did, is it printed? Yeah! I've got, I, should, I could run and show you a copy. That'd be no good to anyone listening. No one will see Bloomsbury, it. Bloomsbury Publishing. Bloomsbury Harry Potter's Publishers. Wow. Publishing. I know. Has it got a castle in it? Um, there's no castle in it. No, it's basically me and Deborah Francis White interviewed a ton of stand-up comedians about what it means to be a stand-up comedian. What's your That's writing process? Awesome. How'd you come up with your ideas? And there are new interviews in there with people like Eddie Izzard and Phil Jupitus and Sarah Millican and Jim Jeffries and... Uh, Todd Barry and other famous people who I can't remember. How much money you made out of it so far? How much money? Oh, God, nothing. Nobody makes money out of books. But also, this was published in the academic department, so we lost a lot of, you know, we we spent a lot of money on it. But um, it's good for kudos, and it's just really exciting to have my name on a book. Well done. 
How yes. exciting. Where can we oh, buy oh, it on the internet? In all good bookshops and on okay. Bloomsbury Publishing. And don't buy it on Amazon because my personal opinion, nothing to do with the box set pod. They are evil slavers. Yeah, but, but um, I think as well, if you go through Quidco, you can get some cash back on Amazon. So go for that. Um, <laughs> can I ask an actual, genuine, relevant question to Marsha then? Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right, quick one. What's your favourite TV show? With a with a led by a stand up. Does oh, that make sense? Yeah, Great make question. Stand up Com- comedian Louis, going into Louis, TV Louis, show. Louis. Louis. Yeah. Uh, Comedians in cars getting coffee for me. Yeah, that's not really a show. <clears throat> of course, it's a bloody show. It's on TV in America and it's oh, it on is? the internet. Yeah. No, it's on TV. But Have you seen like the President Obama one yet? Yeah, brilliant. Very Absolutely good. brilliant. Can I also, can I make a request for a future box set pod? I feel like I want to make this publicly. So if you're listening and you're like, yes, then you will email Howl and Jamie and be like, please, nah, can we make this No happen? one emails It'll us. It'll start a petition on a vase. Um, I want to talk about Utopia. Like, Le Revenant is my favourite TV show in the world, and I talk about that anytime. But Utopia, I think, is the best TV show I've ever seen okay. in my life. We will definitely talk about it if one other person here has watched it. Uh, not now. Uh, I... I mean, on a future episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Does that still stand? Yep. Because I have seen... I did watch most of the first series. Damn it. Oh, most. Yeah. Oh, well, there's a cliffhanger. Yeah, not, not all of it. <laughs> that doesn't start well, Marcia. Yeah. Okay. But well, that's pretty full of unnecessary violence. Well, no, that's the thing is I don't think it's unnecessary. Like, it's way... Mm. It's incredibly violent, but I don't think it would work without the violence. There that's is true. there is such thing as necessary yeah. violence, which is why yeah, Marcia... Yeah. And, and that show really, really, really is a good indicator of it. Um, it's incredible. Great. And, um, uh, Marsha, you should listen to my other podcast, my new podcast. Um, <gasps> What's your new podcast? The Greatest Comedy Never Told, The Epiphany of Theodosius Pennington. Got that? Great. Okay. Also, one more thing is that my book came out of a podcast that I had, which I just put back up on iTunes because my old radio station took it down. Big Brother what? stuff. Did they? Um, yeah, because they were like, she doesn't work here anymore. She never existed. Wow. Um, but I took off all the radio station branding and put it back up. It's called Marsha Meets. And it's like, it's from a few years ago, but it's me doing long form interviews with Be Stephen. careful. They'll still claim they own it at some point. Um, yeah, I'm just not super telling them about it. Yeah, but I well. made sure I had my name in the title so that they couldn't fire me. Marsha means. Yeah, yeah. Good. Good. Okay. Well, get Marsha's book. But also, my podcast is free, so go and listen to that first. Um, oh, again? It's called The Greatest Comedy Never Told, The Epiphany of Theodosius Pennington. I'll send you the link. It's the most confusing radio sci-fi comedy that you'll ever listen to which is why we never did anything with it. But I think it has some hilarious moments in it, which is why we finally released it. I think it's going to gain a huge cult following and going to be made into a movie. Right, everyone's asleep. Time to go. <laughs> well done, y'all. See you next so, so week. Hang on. What? How, are you not going to bother watching The Bridge then? I would. I very much doubt that. Very <sighs> much doubt it. But thanks for your effort. And you can get Tetris free from the App Store. Um, You've got to do four episodes, Howell. <laughs> we'll get round to it. We're, we're, we're piling through The Good Wife and Bloodline at the moment. There's, we've got a queue on. Um, but we'll, we'll, Okay, we'll get there. I'll watch three episodes of The Bridge and then I'll just do a post about it on Facebook so you can read it. <laughs> Great idea. Thanks, Jack. Thank you very much. Thanks, Adam. You're welcome. What were you going to say? You're going to go? 
I was going to quickly say, uh, just finished watching Master of None, thinking about stand-ups oh, doing comedy. Oh, right. oh, oh. That, that, that nudges up against Louis for my favourite. We've yeah. got so much to talk about. I think you should all come back next week yes. with yeah. this group. I'm in, I'm okay, in. Okay, great. See you same uh, time I'll next week. You. Also, we might do a live one. There's a new, there's a new live podcast app um, that is like... Um, uh, Periscope, but for podcasts. So I'm inquiring about whether we could do one of these live one week, and then you can hear Adam spoiling everything before I cut it out. Enjoy your chili, Jamie. Yeah, will do. Jack, I think you talk too much in that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Subtitles, you loser. Use your eyes, you lazy. B- <laughs>